them send it. Williamson driving in on Taco. Oh. And it's going to be a fall as the basket goes. Team on your shoulder. Big time delivery. How about those onions, Grant? This was a one-on-one -on -one in the end with two guys with four fouls. It wasn't a dunk on Taco, but it the message his, delivered. And it was his fifth. I tell you, this guy right here all night when his team has needed him. One-on-one -on -one in the end with two guys with four fouls. It wasn't a dunk on Taco. A free throw to tie it. Five out of six at the line. Missed it. Comes up short, two. Barrett fouls it up for the lead. And they're in 11 seconds. Jay Barrett. Time and time again, stepping up big. You got to block out. And with no taco on the floor, too, that influence those inside or outside positions, I should say. How about that? Talk about length coming in handy. Guys, let's set up now, as you see again, the putback off the missed free throw for the lead. Now you got one. Guys, let's set up now, as you see again, the putback off the missed free throw for the lead. Now here we go. Inbound out to Taylor. Jones is on him. Taylor driving. Driving in. Banks it up. No. Put back. In and out. And Duke survives just barely. And that is Duke winning, advancing to the Sweet 16 after a scare against UCF in the round of 32 welcome to the show it's views from the sideline it is march 26th 2019 i'm your host chris pappas alongside me joey tysick and malik hill what's going on guys it's this is where heartbreakers happen it's that time of year some teams get to have magical runs some teams get their souls crushed and yeah ucf that was a tough one that was a tough one the seven six giant couldn't couldn't get them ahead he got he got fouled. He did not foul Zion. Zion led Zion with the elbows. Zion just went hard to the basket. Zion led with the elbows. To whenever he goes up on somebody, he goes up like that. It's an offensive I think, foul. I think the offensive foul. So every foul, time he goes up in the air, unfortunately, it is. <laughs> I think the the offensive foul was on the spin on BJ Taylor. Well, that was an offensive foul as well. So if you're gonna call, I don't I don't mind. I would rather a no call at the rim. Me too. But if you're gonna call anything, it's offensive. I think foul. the BJ Taylor thing was a no call. Honestly, you think so? Yeah. You don't think he had position? I think he had position, but I don't think he got hit that hard to where he slid across the floor. I mean, Zion's a big People boy. People perfect. Zion, Zion's. He's a, he's a big enough boy to where flopping should get called a lot more fre frequently, but I guess the refs are smartening up. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about mostly what has happened in the NCAA tournament and what we think will happen later on this weekend and the weekend next. But at first, we're going to break down the East playoff race in the NBA because it's starting to heat up a little bit, right, Joe? Getting a little spooky. A little spooky. Out for spooky. our Detroit fans. You are not. You don't want them to make the playoffs, so. though. Oh, I did. Now I'm like 50-50. I have nothing to I would say rather them anymore. make the playoffs at this point than to be the end of the draft You know, lottery. as of right now, they're the sixth seed. Listen, because they're tied with Brooklyn and they have one, they have one less loss, so they're technically. When you go on a win streak like that, and what they win like twelve of like twelve of fourteen, twelve of fourteen, and then you lose two games in a row by like they've 30. lost five of eight. Listen, I, 
What 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 can you say about this team right now? Yeah. After after a stretch like that, I don't. You know they have one of the best home records in the Eastern Conference. All of my favorite teams make me believe in them in certain stretches and, and yeah. they disappoint me. So I, I I can't believe in this team. I can't. Well, the tough schedule has played a role. Uh, if we're gonna break down what the Pistons have played recently, yes, the Cleveland loss was a bad loss. They did, but they did rest. Uh, they did rest Blake Griffin that night. Then that Miami Heat loss was. Miami Heat loss. That's that was, one of, that's that was one a of while the worst. back. Come on, that was yeah, a but we haven't we haven't talked about those worst. all that much. Oh, you want to talk God. about that it? Was a no, we don't need to loss, completely man. talk about it. But because they bounced back solid, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Raptors. If they didn't beat those Lakers, I I really would have been out. Yeah. But I believe like a couple of weeks ago, somebody was trying to say that the Pistons had an easy schedule. Well, they do have an easy schedule, but. They just had this road trip they have to get through. After this road trip, it's going to be pretty easy. We'll see. Do you want me to show you? It makes me nervous. The Magic have won five games in a row and are playing really good. I think the Heat have only won two in a row, so that all right. that's a normal thing. So, they've had this five-game road trip, and that's they've lost to Portland in Portland and Golden State in Golden State. Both games they played tough. I'm fine with both those losses. I have nothing against those. Golden State, yes. That is what it is. And they play at Denver tonight. I expect them to lose. Um, and then after that, they play Orlando at home, which has turned into a big game. It'll be a big, big game. Orlando's playing really good. I'm not going to lie. Then they play at home against Portland, which is a winnable game. Uh, Monday at Indiana. Wednesday versus Indiana, home and home. They can split that. Then they'll play at OKC. On April the 5th, that's going to be a tough one. And then they have three winnable games to finish out their schedule. Sunday the 7th against Charlotte, which will be a big game. Uh, Tuesday, April 9th against Memphis. And then Wednesday, April 10th at New York. What are their chances of missing the playoffs right I now? I think very slim. Because they have an easier schedule than Brooklyn and Orlando. And Orlando's Miami. beat okay. some tough teams, I, though, right I just, here. I just wanted to know. I think I just, you're buying into the but, Orlando hype too much right now. Well, I think, I, I think it's more likely that Orlando sneaks in, but Miami falls out. Miami, Miami's playing really well right now, though. I think Orlando's playing really well. So it's, you know, one's on a five-game win streak. or uh, Miami's on a two-game win streak. They're both kind of heating up, per se. Piss- Boo. As a- that was terrible. That, <laughs> that, wow. Was, was, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Does Orlando Malik. have a magical run? Stop, man, stop it. Arch Madness doesn't apply to the NBA. I'm just saying. It doesn't have That was all. terrible. I watched. That was so bad. Is Brooklyn in the fifth seed right now? No, Brooklyn is seventh. They're seventh? They're better than the Pistons. They're technically tied. And D'Angelo yeah, Russell is playing out of his mind right now. I mean, you can't say so. they're better than the Pistons. Pistons are the sixth seed. <laughs> they're, they're tied, though. The Pistons, but they're not because they have the same winning percentage. Anyway. I can't, I can't keep a straight face. Um, exactly. But anyways, um, as of right now, the Pistons are a game and a half above. Is it Orlando? Yeah, Orlando's nine. So they're a game and a half above Orlando, who is currently the ninth seed. Um, Miami sits at eight. They are a half game above Miami, who is also playing well. And then they're in a virtual tie with Brooklyn as of right now. Easy schedule. Somewhat easy schedule coming up. They've really... They've taken advantage of the home games they've had recently to bounce back and get into the position they are in right now. Joey, 
playoff confidence meter for the Pistons. C- come on, Joey. Give me, I, give me that Pistons doubt that you have on a it's, yearly basis. It's like slightly above 50-50. I'll go like 60-40. Like yeah, 60, they make the playoffs. 40, they don't make the playoffs. Do you think they're okay. eight seed, though? No, because I think if they're going to make it, they're going to they're gonna be okay. And Six or seven. It's not going to, like, sneak in. You're going to say seven. I know you. I don't know. I don't know who Brooklyn has left. We can check it out. But I, I do agree with Malik where I feel like Brooklyn is just the better team at the moment. I mean, technically they're not. <laughs> anyway. I mean, as long as they're in the eighth seed... That's that's fine, because at this point they're not going to play the Pacers, right? No, there's no chance. They're going to play don't the wanna, top But you team. don't want to play Milwaukee. Milwaukee will sweep them in twenty five point blowouts. I don't know oh, if I want any of those teams. Brooklyn has a really tough schedule. We might want to fall to seven to be play the Raptors. That's probably what that's you probably our second best option. Want. So, but listen to the schedule for Brooklyn. All right, I'm just going to list it off from. It starts Thursday, March twenty eighth, ends Wednesday, April tenth. At Philadelphia, versus Boston, versus Milwaukee, versus Toronto, at Milwaukee, at Indiana, versus Miami. Will those teams be shutting it down? We just saw that's a good Milwaukee we just saw might. Orlando just beat Philadelphia. Philly looked like they were kind of taking it easy a little bit. I don't think Philly will take it easy on this one. It's a primetime game, and they'll get a lot of flack if they sit their stars. For Boston, I don't think will because they're still going through some stuff. Milwaukee's possible, and is I want to see if Toronto and Philly are close enough to each other where these games actually still matter. I think the Pistons make the playoffs basically on the fact that the East is so such a question mark between the sixth seed and everybody else. Charlotte still has a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, so do it they is, though? It is such, do they though? They're they technically like, do. They're like a really slim. It is oh, such they're, a two, they're two games out. They're two games Exa- out. It is such a toss It's up. Washington that's not been eliminated yet, but they're essentially Charlotte still has out. a chance. Orlando still has a chance. Is I'm just going to go, I don't know, six, like Joey 60-40? I, I want Orlando to make the playoffs. I want Orlando to get the eighth seed. I want Brooklyn six, Pistons seven. Orlando eight. Uh, I mean, I'm always going to want the Pistons to be six, but just because it's a higher seed. But I want to see Orlando make the playoffs. I want to see Brooklyn play. I like Brooklyn as much as the Pistons are competing against them. I love seeing D'Angelo Russell on revenge tour, beating the Lakers to eliminate them from playoff contention. That was awesome. Seeing Nikola Vucevic in the playoffs will warm. I don't really care about that. I could care less about Nikola Vucevic. This this guy over here. Anyway, Nikola Vucevic. I could care less about Nikola Vucevic. This man has been playing. He's like an all star. Okay. He's been, okay. He's been great. Let's he finally guys, gets his all star. He's been great. They make the playoffs. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't care about Aaron ask, Gordon being in the playoffs. I'm going to ask you a question. And if I, if you give me the wrong answer on this one, I might just have to close down the show here. Because the wrong answer to you? No. The so wrong answer. <laughs> who would you rather have, Nikola Vucevic or Andre Drummond? Answer the question, Willie. What's the question? Is that, that's you. actually the question. Okay, Nikola Vucevic, Andre Drummond? With how Andre's playing right now. I'm taking Vooch. I know you're just a Pistons, Pistons need to spread the floor. That's such a terrible take. He spreads the floor. Pistons need more I like shooters. I more, but I'll keep Andre Drummond playing at this level. 
at this level, Andre Andre's Drummond averaging this 19 level. and 16 he plays with at, two listen, boards and two steals. He plays at this level like... Tw- making clutch free throws. He plays at this Vucevic level. averages a double-double. Andre he can pass the ball. 19 and 16. That's fine. Andre Drummond plays at this level about 15 games a year. He's playing so, at the right time. I don't care. He is. That's why I'll take him right He's now. He's played 15 straight but games I like, like that. I like Nikola Vucevic much more. Vuce has got a much more well-rounded game. He's also about five years older. That suits, yes, that is a, that is a downfall. And, and he has a better offensive game, although he's five years older. And Andre's a better defender and rebounder. I don't know about that. Andre isn't a very good defender. What? Yeah, Andre's a very overrated defender. He's a rebounder. I'll give you that. Nikola <laughs> Vucevic a is a terrible rebounder. defender. Andre has been a terrible defender. He's been a terrible. Go look at defense, defensive player efficiency. Andre plays good defense. He plays really good defense. That's a bad take, Malik. And, and bad Joe. defense. That's a, a lot bad of other take. It's a bad take. Just look at his shirt. Bias. Anyway, <laughs> I can't. I can't. We're talking can to we a guy on? that's a fan of the Sad Boys. Can so, we move um, on from the NBA? Yeah. Probably. Oh no, we cannot. Actually, oh. one more thing we have to touch on before. Oh, the we real the news. Thing. The real news the in real the NBA. News. I'm gonna let Malik. Take this one. I'll just leave it. I'm going to just say what it is. I'm going to let Malik take this one. Lonzo Ball is leaving Big Baller brand. LaMelo Ball is leaving Big Baller brand. Big Baller brand is falling. Hey, Leandro's leaving too. Don't forget him. <laughs> just, just, just forget the... Sell oh your God. merch. No, you want to save it because it's going to be worth a lot more in a couple years. It's going to be worth nothing because this thing is going to just burn to the ground. Malik, what is your take on this situation? This situation. And break it down for the people, too, because you got a lot of background on this. This situation is really, really weird and really looks – it falls back on LeVar Ball in a really, really bad – it's a horrible look. You you meet this guy that's a friend of your son's in middle school that has been to prison, I think, on a gun charge at that point. Or did he go back to prison? Or I don't think so. Well, I think they said he was fresh out of prison when he start. He when went. yeah, when Lavar and him teamed okay. up. And Lavar, he he didn't take any time to look at what he was arrested for, what what he did in his life. He just I like this dude. He seems genuine. He's a cool guy. I I trust him. That's what Lavar said. Goes to jail for fraud and <laughs> all types of problems stealing people's money. Gets out. They build Big Baller brand. Everybody's hype. Everybody's in on it. You got the Lonzo shoes. You got the, you got all this The stuff. Mellow Ones? The Mellow Ones. We're just going to skip past all that stuff because it, it really doesn't even matter at this point. Well, comes out that he's been stealing money from Lonzo. About one point five million. One point five million dollars. Should have saw it coming. Lavar didn't see it coming. It's about damn time. That's what I'll say. It's about damn time. Lavar. I mean, Lonzo's distancing himself from his father, and I've, I haven't knocked him because it's his dad, and his dad has been like this his entire life. So I haven't. It really hasn't annoyed me that he's stuck with his dad through all this, but. Lonzo is a man now. It was time for him to make a man decision. And that's what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. I'm happy his little brothers are wising up too. 
they're his dad, and I'm sure they'll always love him, but you can't stick around for this. You just can't. I hate to say he's just too reckless. It's time to make your own decisions. I think Lonzo's agent posted a video of him throwing away a pair of all-black ZO2s, which that shows. And it said, dump your merch. Exactly. It's over. Lonzo posted a a new picture. His new profile pic on Instagram is him as a baby in a Nike shirt. Good things are happening. I think I'm going to agree with what Jalen Rose said. I think it was either yesterday or I think today. We're going to see the best of Lonzo from this point out. As a person, as a player, I think we're gonna we're we're gonna start seeing everything that he was hyped up to be. Before before his dad came into yeah, when scouts were just saying who he was, and we're gonna see this all take place in the New Orleans Pelicans uniform or a Phoenix Sun. No, but I'm happy this is happening. Although it's a messed up situation, lost money. It's time to start over. Yeah, it's time for a new chapter, and this is this is what those kids need, especially Leangelo and Lamelo. Well, Leangelo's not. Leangelo, he's he's not the smartest kid. Let's let's just say that he's 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 not the smartest. He's kid. He's probably got his Gucci shades so, on right now. Leangelo, I, we'll leave him out of this. Lamelo still has a ton of growing to do as a teenager. He's a top. He, what is he? A top ten prospect? In this? He's a he's a top. I think he's 20, top, he 30, made, 20 prospects I thought he was top 10, last I checked. Some people say top 10. Some people think number one is ridiculous. But number three. This can give him time to really grow now. Listen to what his big brother has to say, who is easily, easily the most level-headed person out of all of them. The he's most the one wise he and level-headed fall, yeah, person. Yeah, he should follow in Lonzo's footsteps. Exactly. Now it gives him a chance to do that. He could take the necessary steps to getting to his dream of being an NBA player. And Lonzo, now that he's on, now that he's his own man, and the target might come off of his back a little, it's just him. There's no more Lavar. Lonzo can finally become what everybody thinks he can be. Let me ask you this question, Malik: Is this the end? Complete end? Like we're not going to hear about him as much anymore. We're not going to talk about him. Is this the complete end and end of Big Baller Brand One and Lavar Ball? LeVar being on ESPN, LeVar being on FS1. Is this the end of Big Baller Brand and LeVar Ball? This is, I think this is definitely the end of Big Baller Brand, but this is nowhere close to the end of LeVar Ball. People are still going. This makes him even more interesting to interview. LeVar, will, he will make even more money now being interviewed by people saying he's stupid, saying, how did you not see this coming? He's still a person that, Hogs attention. He's attracted to the cameras, whether it's TMZ, whether it's Fox Sports, whether it's ESPN. Somebody's he's going to get interviews, and he's going to take a chance to try to give his side of the story to everything. So this hurts. This someone hurts Lavar as a person that's a judge of character and a person to judge as a businessman. But in terms of TV ratings and getting people to watch what you. What you're producing, getting Lavar in, it's gonna raise your content. It's gonna pull people in to see what he has to say. So it hurts him a little. I think Big Barla Brand is done, but Lavar will be fine. That family will be fine. Of course, I'm sure it's gonna take time for them to get close again because this separation is needed. And also, like, what was it his wife or is it just fiance? 
Lonzo's fiance, like they had a whole issue with that. And yeah, yeah, they they there's a lot of issues. stuff going on in the. Hey man, it, all NBA pl- there's a long sheet of NBA players having let's girl have, problems that we don't know about. Let's talk about Tristan Thompson for a second. Let's here. not talk about yeah, that because that him. means talking about the Kardashians. Let's talk about Jason deal for a minute here. Let's talk about Chris Humphreys that got out and had a good career. For hey, the shout out to Chris Humphreys. Hey man, you uh, dodged a bullet on he's that a, one. He's a good man. Uh, Joey, what get, what's your impressions of this whole situation? Uh yeah, it shows some maturity from Lonzo. <clears throat> it shows a little bit of maturity from the brothers too to kind of follow in Lonzo's footsteps. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's good for them. I think, um, you know, try to make your own way. Um, you know, I don't discredit Lavar entirely because at the end of the day, he he was trying to do what's best for his sons. So you do have to take that into account. Yes, he did make a, a big mistake. And I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll own up to it in the end. But right now, I think this is what's best for those kids. But LeVar's story is not over yet because he's got to get Jello and LaMelo to uh, the Lakers. That that biopic is coming soon to Lifetime, probably. The Ball family movie produced by LeVar Ball. It's probably coming soon. Produced by LeBron. <laughs> it might be by LeBron. And also, I think it's very interesting to see if Lonzo signs with Nike because he hasn't completely shown everything that people expected him to be so far. So do you just invest a whole bunch of money into this kid? Oh, Nike will just because he he's a, just because he's a name. They'll get their money back on Lonzo just based off name recognition. Right? That, that's because that is, it's that because probably, it's a that's business. the biggest yeah. It's not like Nike's, trying, right now. Nike's not trying to win games. They don't care if he wins games or not. Although they put money into bankable on the field, on the court and outside. They put money into bankable people, yeah. which is why Zion is going to be the face of almost everything they do for the next few years. He's bankable on the court. To be fair, Zion has not signed anywhere yet. It's all assumed that he's going to Nike. <laughs> Under Armour's coming to steal it. Well, I <laughs> think the only, the only slim chance is Adidas. What if he I mean, signs those with are Puma? The, those are basically the two biggest shoe companies. So What if he signs with Puma? Makes sense. He goes with the new wave. That'd be awesome. I would. I would love Zion. I want him to go saying. with Nike. <laughs> I want him to go with Puma, just for the hype. Nike or Adidas are give are going to give him the bigger contract. So, yeah, that's enough of NBA talk. Let's talk about what we really want to talk about. It's March Madness coming up. It's the Sweet Sixteen weekend. Our bracket is doing okay. Uh, the views from the sideline bracket, which we filled out last week with special guest Garrett Kolodje of eighty-eight point three WXOU. And Sammy Taramina of ONTV. Uh, I'm looking at the bracket right now, and I just noticed for Duke advancing, Joey put Zion. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's logical. It's Zion I, versus I, the field. I appreciate it. I mean, that's what kind of happened. So, Mich- MSU and U of M make it to the Sweet 16. What did you see, Malik? I want to talk about Michigan first. In that first game, Michigan versus Montana, and then Michigan versus Florida. Um, honestly, I'm kind of surprised about, I'm going to say I'm surprised, but I shouldn't have been surprised about how they've played so far because they showed going into the big 10 tournament besides Michigan state, they handle business with other teams, no matter who blew out Iowa, trashed Minnesota, you blow it against Michigan state, you completely blow out Montana. Florida gives them a little bit of a fight. They handle it the rest of the second half. You handle them. They're showing that 
they they have what it takes and they have the players and the coaching to if you punch them, they'll come back with something. They have a player to respond. Last game, Jordan Poole shows up, puts up 19. First game, Charles Matthews has 22 and 10. If one person falls off, like early in the season when they were riding at their highest, if one person fell off, if two, pe- if two people fell off, two other people would step up and completely raise their game. And the defense is always locked in. So for most matchups, they have an upper hand because of how good their defense is and the fact that somebody has the potential to have a really good or great game at any point. So if it's not Michigan State, (laughs) they can be favored in almost every other matchup because of those things. Joey, what do you think? They look good. I I agree. Um, Charles Matthews and Jordan Poole both kind of looked back to what they looked like during the beginning of the season, which is good. Um, There's really not a whole lot of concerns right now, honestly, which is almost concerning in itself. <laughs> I think it's even better because Florida, Florida played so many different defenses within those two halves and kept going back and forth, and Michigan was able to settle in in every single one of them. Yeah, and the nice thing, too, is it's going to be another defensive matchup uh, coming up Thursday when they play Texas Tech. So they'll get all these games that fit their style. And I think if they keep doing what they're doing, they can beat just about anybody because I, they're playing like they did early on in the season. I was going to say, how do you guys feel about them going up against Texas Tech? Texas, Texas Tech played really well against Buffalo. They blew the doors off of them. They were up 30 at multiple points in that game. Malik, what's your game plan for Michigan moving into this weekend? The key to this game, it's Charles Matthews versus Jared Culver. That's, that's the key? That's the key because Charles Matthews, for most of the season, he's been the one of maybe the best defender on that team. If, when you, you put him on the other team's best player, he basically shuts them down. Last game, he was on Kevon Allen, shut him down pretty much most of the game. Jared Culver is a lottery pick. Charles Matthews has to stay on his defensive assignment not stray away during pick and rolls and good ball movement. He has to eye on Jared Culver the entire time and continue to be that dominant defender he's been shown to be. And this might be an ugly game. It really might no, be. No, it ugly will game. be. Yeah. It will be an ugly game. <laughs> Two hardworking defensive teams that can get hot at points but also can slump. This could be the snooze fest. Um of the Sweet yeah. 16. If you're not a Michigan fan or a Texas Tech fan, honestly, I won't be mad if you skip this one. It's going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out type of game. For basketball purists, this might be a really good game yeah. because it, it should be close the whole way and be a really hard fought. These te- Both of these teams might be in the bonus within like six minutes <laughs> of both halves, and it might just be a slow free-throw shooting who can – Grind yeah. it out Chess game. moves game. Yeah. The, the best thing about this tournament, though, that I keep giving advantage to Michigan is Iggy Brasdakis is always on the road, and that's when he plays the best. He loves going to neutral courts where he Into can just... enemy territory. Yeah. Where he can just toy with the fans, have fun while he's playing. He's an interesting guy. He is. I like love to hate him, hate to love him kind yeah. of deal. But... Uh, he's kind of what make, makes Michigan go. And I feel like Michigan has a slight edge, but I'm nervous that this, like Texas Tech, Florida's a really good defense. Texas Tech is another step up, and 
The only concern is like if Michigan goes through one of their dry spells. Exactly. The advantage though is that Texas Tech doesn't have as many weapons as Michigan. So hopefully Michigan can kind of just shut them down more than they shut Michigan down. I think they have underrated weapons. I think that's the thing. They don't have the like they don't have the key the George, the swaggy pools, the Iggy Brad. They don't have the key names that you know. They have guys that can come off the bench and can they they have guys that can hit shots right. and get hot. But yeah, they're just guys that you might not know the name of. What about MSU? They had an interesting weekend. They had a little bit of a scare against number 15, Bradley. Well, if Bradley ended up winning that game, I was going to say that it's all Sammy's fault because we know who Bradley beat in their conference tournament. Loyola, Chicago. (laughs) You never doubt Loyola, Chicago. So if if Michigan State would have lost to a Missouri Valley team. I'll I'll tell you this. If Loyola got in and they were playing Michigan State, I was picking Loyola. (laughs) Just for the sake of the bracket, we were all picking Loyola against that. Oh, jeez. But um, fortunately, they came out of halftime, bounced back, sent somewhat of a message. They're just the better team, advanced. And they played really well against Minnesota. What did you see in that one, Joe? Mm, well, I saw Jordan Murphy go down early in that game, which hurts. But Michigan State played well overall. The only concern is, like, they know Minnesota. Minnesota knows them. So going into it, they smacked Minnesota earlier in it was the season. A, it was another Big Ten game, basically. So, right. So that's a confidence boost right there. The problem with Michigan State is that Kenny Goings still doesn't have it going. And <laughs> Can we sorry. get another? Uh, no, nah, he didn't mean I'm to sorry. do that one. Nah, I'm sorry. Can, he didn't I'm mean so, to do that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> the thing that's saving this team is Cassius Winston. Yes. He has shown such good leadership and poise in this tournament. I've been He's super impressed. He's shown it impressed. all year, though. Right, but I feel like even more in this tournament, in this kind of setting, um, where he is the guy for this team, I think he's really stepped up and kind of surprised me in a in a way. If you give him any type of space, he will. It's it might be over. If you give him space and he hits one jump shot, there may be two or three more coming, and then you're down by ten and you don't know what hit you. Right now, they just need another score. They're they're kind of still having that problem McQuaid has to stay on. of not figuring yeah, like with going struggling, McQuaid needs to step up. Somebody needs McQuaid has been good. Somebody needs to help Cassius a little bit more because those big guys will get a bunch of rebounds for you. So you're gonna get open looks. You just gotta knock them down. And that's that's like my only concern is that they're not they're not getting the production that I feel like they need from somebody else. Are but you, their their defense is just as good as anybody else. Are you worried about LSU? Yes. I'm I, not. I think, I think they should be a little bit worried. Why? Because people doubted them so much. LSU has struggled all tournament. I don't think so. They played tough competition. That's true. Yale was actually <laughs> solid competition. Maryland, I think Maryland's overrated. I, I thought Maryland would gain some confidence in the tournament, and they ended up doing that in the first round. But in that, Bruno Fernando and Jalen Smith, Two very talented big men. Their guard play was what let them down. Michigan State has the guard play. But LSU's talent, that's what getting them, that's what's getting them by. They have such higher talent that they can make runs and hit difficult shots when it when they need to. And if everything goes but, right, yeah. we'll have MSU versus Zion. You also forget that LSU is also on a secondary mission with Skylar Mays. Um, you know. 
losing his dear friend Wade Sims oh, yeah. uh, at the beginning of the season. So, you know, there could be a little bit of a emotional push there True. to counteract the uh, the whole coaching issue. But their guard play is just super good. What was uh what was a key game or a key storyline you guys saw from this first weekend of the tournament? It would have been Fletcher McGee if he didn't go 0 and 12 in that <laughs> in that second game. But man, did he stink <laughs> up the floor? Ooh, oh man, boy. yeah, it's nightmare of a second game. Uh, it's Joe, the Joe, tale you, of two you, games, man. Yeah. Holy cow, Joey, you go first. Uh, I mean, UCF Duke is like the obvious one. Uh, I'm you, gonna th- you didn't want to talk about that today. I kind of don't. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll throw out another one just to. Yeah. I, th- I think Kentucky playing like they have without PJ Washington and his health moving forward. What is the status? Is a very forward? big question. I'm not sure right now. I haven't seen any he's updates. He's on the scooter. That's what we know. Uh, he's, he's riding around. I on believe a he's still in a hard cast. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Some pro- sometime probably. I think Houston might knock off Kentucky this week. It'll probably be tomorrow that they'll figure it out because I think they'll go through practice Wednesday. Yeah, I think Houston's going to kick off uh, Kentucky. I think this Gonzaga Florida State game is going to be incredible. Really? I think it's why is that. Florida State is playing a level of basketball that I haven't talked, seen them play But we play talked about that so heading long. into the tournament. Even though, yeah, we knew they were a really good yeah. team. But what they did to Murray State, Murray State trashed Marquette. Florida State trashed said, them. you're still not a very good team. <laughs> very politely. And Gonzaga's a number one seed, and they deserve to be because they're talented. They're not frauds like Virginia. <laughs> I'm still not going to call them frauds. I'm still not going to call Virginia. Oh, I was, just throwing, I was just throwing shade at Joe. Everybody wanted Gardner Webb to beat them so bad. Virginia just man. needed to get out people of the first ready. round. Dude, That's yeah. all they needed. Hey, it was close for a minute. Too. I saw yeah. people, I saw people panicking because it was like six, oh, five to six. Man, yeah. that would have been hilarious <laughs> if Virginia lost again. They would just they'd have to sit the next year out. It doesn't matter about their success. They'd have to sit the next year out. I'm shocked about Oregon. So I'm not. Far. I told you about even though that. they even though they got UC Irvine in that second round, and that was a great game for them. To Malik. raise their confidence, coming out of that, coming out Man. of the, coming out of the weakest power, coming out of the weakest power conference. It's and all just about confidence, baby. Confidence, baby. It's all about it. I didn't expect any of those players, even though they have a few talented players. They're this year's Cinderella. I can't say that. Why? Who they won two games. They Who can't be a Cinderella. Be? Yeah. Who else would it be? If they make the Elite Eight or Final Four, then I said they're so Cinderella. far this, this year's Cinderella so far, and we don't have any other one. Because they are a Pac-12 team, I can't call them a Cinderella yet. Oh my god! Honestly, even though they were, even though that was a weak conference this year, you just said it's the weakest conference in basketball. I said the weakest power conference in my basketball. Bad, right. Yeah, weakest power bet power conference. But I'm I'm still surprised. I didn't think Peyton Pritchard would play up to this level. I didn't think Lewis King, even though he was a five star recruit. I'm happy he's playing up to this level. All their other guys off the bench, the guys that people don't know the names of, everybody's Wu-Tan. stepping up on that team. That's my favorite player, Wu-Tan. Wooten, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's such a good defender. And His blocks yeah, and just, dunks. He's catching lobs on everybody. Are insane. But let's talk about, we got to talk about it, the Zions versus UCF. Duke lucked out. Taco looked really good. He didn't get dunked on. He didn't get dunked on. To me, if I'm making an NBA comparison for Taco, he's Boban Marjanovic with a little bit more lateral quit lateral quickness. Yeah, he needs to learn Boban's uh, touch, free throw, touch. Shooting. Yeah, especially the touch. 
grab it just with one hand and just shoot it with one hand. Because people were saying, oh, you can't, you can't judge him. He's got the hands are so big, he can't really do it. No, Bobon's hands are way bigger than Taco's. Bobon gets up and down the floor really well too. But once he gets really down well. the floor, he, he's he's a stick. Yeah, when he gets set in his stance. He's when done. he gets that ball, he has some moves. Yeah, no, no, no I'm yeah. not arguing. He's got good low post moves just defensively. He's just the biggest liability out there. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah, he's And a that says a lot when you're playing with Reggie Jackson. He's a scarecrow. Taco's got to work on his free throws, though, too. That's whew, 36%. Yeah, it's bad. Mini Andre Drummond on that, that one. All right. You mean bigger Andre Drummond? <laughs> Giants Andre true. Drummond? True, true. <laughs> Did UCF choke that game, or did Duke win it? UCF choked, hundred percent. I agree I don't with that think, completely. I don't think UCF choked. Why? They had multiple opportunities to win that game. To close that game out. Explain your stance, sir. I think it was just bad luck of the draw. Oh my honestly. god, that's just, they choked it away. They choked so hard. The layup Let's and the see. tip in, both just rolled out. There was opportunities. Aubrey Dawkins not catching that, that lob was bad. Opportunities came before that. Zion missed the free throw. It bounces off and flies past their heads. No box out. They weren't exactly. boxing out. They just didn't. <laughs> they they tried to box out. They just didn't box out well enough, and it flew past their heads and bounced straight to RJ. Well, RJ did push off. Give a nice two hand shove. I gotta watch that again because I all the in all the conspiracy theories people were talking about. I didn't see any conspiracies it while did, watching the game. It did kind of look like he pushed off, but I just felt like. In that Aubrey, situation, Aubrey wasn't looking to box out. That he was wasn't. my biggest problem yeah. with it. But what? before that, break it down, Chuck. Typically, if you are up three points and you guard the three-point line, you don't allow them to shoot a three, even though they're a bad shooting team. If Zion puts his head down and starts going to the basket, you don't worry about a contest because you know he's the biggest, strongest player in college basketball, to be able to finish an and one. And I think because you're playing three top five players, I think that changes. Because no matter what you do, if you give them that basket, they have an even better chance they're, to win the game. At that point, they're down one with limited seconds left on the clock. You're going back down the other way to shoot free throws. You don't trust your players to make free throws? I feel like that's a bigger problem. It was also in the heat of the moment in Taco... In his brain, the one thing he knows is to guard the paint. I do understand That's that. the one thing he knows. The other so thing is... Even if they were yelling it to him, the arena was so loud, I'm sure his he couldn't hear them. His only focus was, whoever comes to this rim, I'm putting my hands up so they can't I'm score. I'm pretty sure they That's said it. Taco Fall is a very smart guy. Yeah. The, the other thing is if you're going to get anywhere near Zion, I know you're putting your hands straight up. Taco, a lot of the times when he would do that, would start to bat his arms down. And that's what he got called for fouls early on. That's why he had foul trouble. He's notorious for doing that. So if you're going to even contest Zion on that play, use the biggest, longest arms in college basketball to completely wrap him up. And if you can't do that, you give up the two. Because at that point, you are up in the game. And the two-pointer does not give Duke the win. And and one gives them an opportunity to tie the game and just make more opportunities for Duke to get that game-winning basket. I agree. Aubrey Dawkins was very close on that tip-in, 
but he also that had to go. That would have pretty much ended the game for me. I think he had to go so far well, that I'm, he I'm used. I'm thinking about the alley oop, but yeah, the the tip in, yeah, the first of all the layup. Yeah, the alley oop was which weird. Just, just bounces out. The alley oop was weird. I know, like I said before the podcast, the ball was pretty slippery. In my opinion, it seemed like a lot of people were mishandling it. I don't know if in that situation that's what happened, but it could have been. I think that he should have tried to come down with it because I think he was ahead enough that he could have come down and then just put it off the glass soft to make sure you secure it. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But I think UCF, UCF choked. choked it overall. <laughs> you see, to me, that's not what choking looks like or feels like. It's not. Oh, you I would mean, know. I you, wait, wait. You would, you would know. To me, I, I told the both of you. After that's the game, not on the level of Northern Iowa choke, but you that's know. the all-time level of choke. That's a different Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Infamy 10. level of choke. That's one of the greatest chokes of all time. But <laughs> to me, a choke is when you're up by like ten, okay. with like forty seconds left, and you just let it no, all fall away. No, if it's a close game, and a six-point lead a with forty somebody, seconds left is a choke. I don't think so. And especially, even more, especially with the players Duke has. How much time was gonna, left? They were going to make plays. How much time? There was like seconds. 19 seconds when they were shooting free throw? Yeah, 17. That's a choke. If you're up by six or 40 seconds left against Duke, that Duke team, one of those three players is going to make a play. It's because then happen. if they get the two, UCF's up by one with 15 seconds. They get an inbound, run maybe two, three seconds, five seconds at the most. So they're now at... 12, 13 seconds. They're shooting free throws. Deuce got to go all the way back down the floor, hit a three, which they've struggled to do all night, just, to tie, the game, just to. to tie the game. And then that still probably gives UCF the last shot. Louisville choked against Duke. So then you're going into o- overtime. Yeah. At the very worst. They are a bad three-point shooting but team. But they choked. But they hit them when they need to. They choked. Either way, it was an exciting game, I guess. <laughs> um, biggest disappointment from this weekend, this past weekend. I think it's hilarious that everybody thinks the biggest disappointment so far is Duke winning because no. I think the Duke, I think the Duke hate is hilarious. But it's not I the biggest disappointment. Fantastic. I think for a lot of people that is right now. Really? Yeah. Well, what's your people hate Duke that much? Can well, you hand me the bracket? I want to look. Oh yeah. But you guys keep talking. Biggest disappointment, Malik. Biggest disappointment. What's something that didn't shake out the way you wanted it to? It's just driving you crazy and you need Who to talk Minnesota about Who did Minnesota play in that first did round? Did you guys say, was the biggest disappointment for you, Yale not winning? Yeah. Who did Minnesota play in the first round? Louisville. They were pretty bad. Minnesota, out of nowhere, had played the best game of their season. They get zero points from the bench, and all the starters just ball out. And then they come right back That was the to, whole Big Ten. How did Ohio State win? What? Well, when, they, well, Ohio, when Caleb, when Caleb Weston is on the one. floor, they're a much better team, although they're still just a oh, average okay team. But that Minnesota game completely threw me off. And the next game, they went right back to being regular Minnesota, which pissed me off, honestly. I'd say the biggest disappointment is Kansas State just really not even. Oh, yeah. That, that UC was, Irvine that was, was the better team. That was bad. From the I don't know tip. what happened in that Kansas State game. March happened, I guess. March. Yeah. Nevada was pretty disappointing too. Yeah, Nevada might be the biggest disappointment actually. I mean, with the Twins, I, th- I thought this was 
They I were trending down. Happen. They were trending yeah. downward. Still, I think a lot of with, people did pick Florida, but at the same with how time, they were last year and they were expected to be as good, if not better, this year, this is a big disappointment. They were playing through three players. Doesn't so, matter. Yeah. When it when it comes to March, you can't unless you're Duke and you have those three caliber of players, yeah. you can't play through three players. Well, what was your biggest disappointment, Malik? I think it might be Louisville in that first round. Okay. I expected so much more and I didn't expect anything from Minnesota. So it was just so random. Yeah. Biggest surprise. UC Irvine, even though I picked them, but it was still a surprise. Not even Oregon? No. Oregon I, might, I think Oregon, Oregon was might be my biggest surprise. I think Oregon was a little bit underseated, to be honest. Well don't, they weren't don't, were they, do not tell that to They were league. pretty average throughout the regular season. I know, I know, I'm just saying. You know, the run that they made towards the end. It was weird that Wisconsin was the only Big Ten team to struggle in the first yeah. round. I am both surprised and not surprised at the same time that Purdue blew out Villanova like that and Carson Edwards went for 42. Yeah, that was – I was not – I mean, we there. who was it? Was it Garrett last week talking about how Carson Edwards is the best player in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. I've been waiting all season for him I've to been, explode yeah. like that since early in the season. He's just been having horrible shooting games. Yep. Now he shows up, which is the perfect time. You know, Purdue-Tennessee is – that kind of transitions us to my next thing I want to talk about is to me at, it seems like a horrible matchup for Purdue, but anything can happen. I just want to see Carson Edwards. I just want to see him go off. But let's break down a couple of these games this weekend. Zion versus Virginia Tech. That's going to be a cakewalk. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. I think Duke wins though. I think Virginia Tech is going to be a little bit inspired seeing UCF take it to the end of the game with Duke. And them knowing that they beat Duke earlier in the season. Granted, Duke didn't have Zion, but they didn't have their best player either. So. They're fully healthy right now. They're playing with confidence. And they shoot threes. So that's always that's always a dangerous thing. But I think Auburn could be the surprise for the rest of this tournament. We'll see. They are playing at a level that nobody expected. I mean, if they can get through UNC on Friday, then yes, I would say yes. But Charles we'll versus Katie, it'll be interesting to see. LSU versus MSU. That might be the best matchup. I disagree for with me. that. I think Florida State and Gonzaga, I think that's the best matchup. LSU MSU is interesting. It's I think really, MSU is going to win by double digits. It's two completely different type of teams, and you have a point because Michigan State is so structured, and they play a certain way, and they play hard at all times. LSU plays hard too, but MSU plays a different type of hard. I think LSU is uh, overachieving right now. They should have lost. Somewhat. They should have lost. Somewhat. Was it Yale? Yeah, they should have lost to Yale round one. I can't say they just should have lost to Yale. Why? That tends to happen though, <laughs> where you know teams got to get their their tournament legs under them. Oh my! And God. then they go from there. You don't also, make excuses for all these teams. Wins like that. That they I just mean, got against Maryland. a lot of these teams have had close games going on, and you know they keep making it through. The type of win they just got against Maryland with that last second shot to win. That was a tough one. Those are the type of shots that build serious momentum. Right now, they feel like. They don't need Will Wade to keep winning because they're doing it, and they're figuring out ways as a team to keep it going. They trust each other. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. What about Gonzaga, Florida State? You were talking about this, Malik. What do you think? It's a matchup of two giants right now at this point. I think Gonzaga. Yeah, Christ Kamaji is 7-4. I think Gonzaga is more talented, but I think Florida State overall, man, that's a, that's going to be a tough game. Brandon Clark just had himself a game. Brandon Clark, people all year that pay real attention to college basketball have been arguing that Brandon Clark is the best player on that team. And because Rui Hachimura is going to be a top 10 pick, people don't want to hear it, but 
If you don't pay attention to Brandon Clark, he does t- stuff like this. His stock is rising right now. He's only 6'7", but he has insane athleticism, block shots, plays great defense. And if you slouch off of, of him on offense, he can drop 30 on you. Florida, so, yeah. Florida State, Michigan. What do you guys expect? Give me a prediction. You mean Texas Wait, Tech? Michigan? Or I mean Texas Tech. Sorry. sorry. I honestly, I thought Buffalo was going to get there, and I thought Buffalo was a bad matchup for Michigan. I think Michigan wins this one. In a, and how much? How much? How much? How much? Three. Okay. Actually, two. Two free throws. On a buzzer beater? No. Jeez. Shout, two, out, shout two, out Sammy. Two free throws, win it for them. Texas Tech misses a three at the buzzer to win it. Joey? My bracket at home has Texas Tech beating Michigan in this game. And you did you did I, say it's in like the 98th percentile? I, I would like to see Michigan win this game. I'm okay with my bracket being gone. If I can get Michigan to Michigan State into the Final Four, I'd be totally fine with that. I have Michigan and Michigan State losing in this round on my bracket at home. Why do you got to do that to us, Joe? Uh, it's all just so I can win my bracket. Because everybody in my pool has Michigan or Michigan State. Back to MSU, LSU. Tremont Waters versus Cassius Winston is going to be, That's gonna be good. a crazy matchup. Mm-hmm. And Naz Reed versus Xavier Tillman is also going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we got Kentucky versus Houston. I'm picking Houston in this one. This is where P.J. Washington need might a, need to be yeah. healthy. Kentucky's played really good without him. Um, but... Houston's another another degree of difficulty. The only thing that helps is that Houston, I think they're the smallest team coming into the tournament, one of the smallest. So I think at this point they have to be the smallest out of the Sweet 16. Kentucky doesn't have a lot of size, but they have a little bit, and I think that could help them. I think they have, obviously, some very good talent, but it's just dependent on how much they feel that they're missing PJ Washington. If they go if they start to fall early in this game maybe. If Houston comes out scoring right away, do they kind of go into a panic mode? It just slipped my mind. Who did Kentucky play that last game? Wofford. Oh yeah, when Kentucky McGee played Wofford. You know, they only won by 6. Without PJ Washington, Kentucky showed cracks. Houston honestly should have they are the team that should have been getting the attention all season like Nevada. Nevada got all the attention because they have the Martin Twins who are five-star recruits and all that hype. Houston was undefeated until like two weeks before the regular season was over. They're a legit good team. They showed it against Ohio State. I'm taking Houston. They are a team that's similar to Wofford, so maybe Kentucky can kind of use that um, to figure things out. But don't expect Houston's best player to go 0 of 12 or whatever exactly. like McGee did. Houston takes smarter shots. So... Kentucky's gonna have to bring their A game for sure. If PJ Washington's healthy, I think it then, might then I think it'd, it'd be more of a confidence boost, if anything. But then it's how healthy is he? Right, yeah. exactly. But I think just that knowing that he's there would give them a little bit of confidence to kind of push forward. But this this could be a really good game to cap off the Sweet 16. North Carolina versus Auburn. North Carolina's my pick for the championship. I think Joey, isn't that your pick as well? Not in no, I I have Virginia. My oh, I forgot you're my Virginia real bracket. slappy. Just like yeah, but Malik, you think Auburn can give a scare into UNC? I don't think North Carolina. They think they'll be ready, but I'm I'm honestly not sure if they're ready. As of right now, are you Auburn are you picking players. Auburn to win this game? I'm picking Auburn. 
Really? <laughs> Watching how Auburn played that last game, how fast they were getting down the court. There were times the other team would score. they get it to Jared Harper. He'd throw it full court down. Brown is wide open for a three. He could have gone for a layup or a dunk, shoots the three wet. He starts the game like five of five from three. Everybody's hitting shots. I think Jared Harper is going to play above Kobe White in this game. I think Auburn isn't scared. I think Bruce Pearl Pearl is going to have them ready to play. I'm taking Auburn. It's a big pick right there. Purdue, Tennessee. It's March. You got to have some. Hey, you got to have those types of picks. That could be a really good game, though, too. Both teams like to get up and down the floor. Purdue, Tennessee, you're talking about? No, Auburn, UNC. Tennessee blows out Purdue. See, I think I'm going to say Carson Edwards wills the Boilermakers' victory. I think Jordan Bone and Lamonte Taylor as a combo against Carson Edwards. They are built for this moment where they get to this type of guard and they put all of their defensive effort. And so it doesn't take much to get Carson Edwards off. He's going to start taking horrible shots when shots aren't falling. And if they're not falling, Tennessee has so much beyond just Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams. They will bury Purdue if Carson Edwards starts missing shots. Can we let Purdue play Isaac Haas? Can we just let him play him just for the <laughs> heck of it? I think it would be more interesting. Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield might embarrass Matt Harms all game. Matt Harms is not physically or, I don't think, mentally prepared for what them two are bringing to him. Joey, what about you? I think this game could be close. Tennessee had a scare last round against Iowa. Granted, just the raw talent came out in the end, I think. Uh, Iowa needed to win that game in regulation. I knew going into overtime it would give Tennessee uh, a lot of hope. But, you know, maybe that gives Purdue confidence, seeing another Big Ten team take that questionably, arguably, uh, best SEC team to overtime. But, again, Carson Edwards is going to have to have another crazy game like that. He He's basically what keeps Purdue going. And if he starts to struggle, they're going to be in a lot of hurt because they don't really have anybody else that can fill it up Carry like he load, does. Yeah. And then the last game we'll talk about is Virginia versus Oregon. I'm picking Oregon. I think Virginia is the first number one seed to fall. They're a fraud like they are every single year. (laughs) Give me Oregon. Give me Oregon by eight points. Yikes. Virginia is going to win this game. Virginia. By how much? 15. (laughs) Their offensive. I like the confidence. Their offensive firepower is too strong. Next week, I don't care what happens around afterwards. If Oregon (laughs) wins, you take the clip of me saying Oregon by eight. You take the clip of you saying Virginia by 15. Okay. I need it ready to go. That's fine. Virginia. Virginia Virginia is so much better but than But it's Oregon. March. But it's March. It's March, Malik. Take Oregon with but me. there are also games where the better team it's just shows Malik, out. But Malik, it's March. You see what Florida State just Malik, did to Murray State? Malik, it's March. It is March. Wasn't Murray State supposed to win that game? It's March. But it's March. <laughs> It's also now into the Sweet 16 where Cinderella's and these big exactly. teams start to Around fall. Around this time, this is where the real teams start to show up. Joey, and there's Malik. maybe a Cinderella that makes it. Guys, you're overthinking this. The answer listen, is right there. What if we look come, at the calendar? It's March. Listen, what if we listen, come back will, next weekend and they Oregon lost by like 20, 25? There, you play listen, exactly what I say. There is a reason why every year the Final Four is like one seed, two seed, six seed, five seed. 
It's going to be a 12 seed this year. Every now and then, a seed, a seed past 11 makes it. Every now and then. Two wait, years, wait, wait. In, you look two at, years in a wait, row. It, today, it's now and then. It's ironic. It's funny. Right now, it's now and then. Joey, I'm, all, I'm, I'm with you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Malik. I'm with you. If I'm, Oregon, I'm with logic and reason. You know, if Oregon wins, I, I guess kudos and to Chris. And the occasional fairy dust of March. Thank you. But around this time, this is when logic and reason start to take over. It's just a good matchup for Virginia, too. Yeah, better teams start to show their will. Yeah, you're right. Oregon's going to show their will. Oregon isn't the best. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Can't wait till next Those week. Those ducks. <laughs> and you know what? Bobo is going to run out the tunnel. He's going to play, too. Bobo, yes. Yeah. I'm gonna text Chris Thursday night at midnight, <laughs> right after Virginia wins. Into the first half, Virginia's up fifty to twenty-five. <laughs> Ultimate comeback. That's what he's. That's what he's gonna tell us. Exactly. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we? Gonzaga's still not picked to win it. Zags are going to pick to win it all. Yeah, to win it all. They're they're still my pick. To win. I'm nervous that Although Michigan Florida or Michigan State. State's gonna go down. One of those teams. I think I, one of them's going. If not both, I think it's. I think it's Michigan. I think this could be the end for the Big Ten. <laughs> I hate to say it. Great first weekend, I, horrible second weekend. If they win, if they prove me wrong, I'm great. That's that's fine. Like I said, bracket busted. I'm totally cool with that. If Michigan and Michigan State lost, I think that would be a great way to shake things up. Although I'm a Michigan fan, that would be that would be an insane way to shake things up. Seeing them two go, because they're both both of those teams are predicted to go deep by most people. Yeah. Very true. Uh oh. It's that time, fellas. Time to go have some lunch. <laughs> Let's go have some lunch. Now, we'll see you guys next week. We'll break down this coming weekend of March Madness, break down more of the Pistons playoff race, talk, talk about all things basketball. We will see you guys next time. Virginia by 15. Peace. Everybody that has ZO2s, please keep wearing them in the gym. Big baller brand, baby. <laughs>